You're listening to Not the Sermon with Eric and Jamie. You're like so inconsistent My when you talk. I, I can't, it's a, a representation of who I am as a human being. I'm very. I'm either really quiet or I'm really loud and excited. Listener, you need to know when we edit this podcast. Um, editing. Wait, Eric, wait. Are we recording? Yes. We're I'm sorry. Recording. I just wanted. To, I've always wanted to say that in a podcast setting. Uh, Eric, uh, Eric's laughs are very, very loud. They're violent. Uh, but compared to his voice, it's not that loud. So, like, we have to really compress his voice. Yeah. And, yeah. Have you ever noticed, like, and maybe I'm just the one that just has, uh, you can call me Emily if you want vibes. Um, what? you never seen that movie where the chick, like, turns into her, like, sister or something? Like, anyways. No, um, I, I have like, no I, idea. If I hang out around someone long enough, my laugh becomes oh, yeah. their laugh. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. that the weirdest yeah. thing? yeah. Like my wife can tell who I've been hanging out with based on how I laugh. Yeah, and she's like, hey, "You've been hanging out with with that guy." And yeah. I'm like, "I have, I have." Yeah, and I'll say phrases like, "Guys, our administrative pastor here, Cynthia, uh, she has, she says, let's see, let's and, see, and very good, very good." And I found myself. I told her yesterday. I was like, I heard myself say "very good," and I thought, "Doggone it, Cynthia!" It's so proper. It's like very good, then. very good, very, very good. good then. Oh. Yes, very proper. Good. Very feeling oh, proper this let's morning. Let's see. Let's see. let me see. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you get phrases. I, you know, just preached a sermon, and the first thing that I noticed when I was listening back at it was I kept saying "right" like yeah. you do. Yes. I've actually roasted you for saying "right." Yeah, I say "right." right? Far but th- too much. There's something like that word though. It engages them in a way. Like right. it's, it's sort of. Like, <laughs> I just said "right." Right. Um, <laughs> it, it it's almost like a a useful um. Mm-hmm. Like instead of going um, you're like right, and so you're like giving people time to think. Like, do I agree? that or not like i don't need them to agree with me but i need you to think about whether or not you do yeah you're asking for engagement when you say right like like you you know where i'm going you understand because i hate because preachers use some phrases like uh do you smell when i'm stepping in do you smell have you heard that when i'm like dude what are you you trying to be or let's unpack this i've heard them say unpack so much or at the end of a sermon let's land this plane you smell what i'm brewing You smell these pores? Have you heard "Let's land this plane"? Oh yeah, for I'm, sure. So I'm going to land the plane here real quick. Plane. You're not a pilot. It's like, dude, I don't know. It's just been so used at this point. Well, dude, so we have been uh, getting a lot of listener feedback. Yeah. And one of the things that we asked the listeners to do was to send us roast poems. Mm-hmm. And I'm they're coming in. We, they're coming in. So we had one a few weeks ago. We have another one this week. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I feel a little personally attacked. This one's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. And so, uh, listeners, uh, we're about to read you guys a roast poem. And uh, if you ever have a criticism, um, send it to us in the form of poem or song. Yes, please. I would love like uh, someone to like rewrite like uh, Ice Ice Baby, but like fill it in with like roast. That'd be funny. All right, stop. And then that's it. Like that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a poem, and we're going to have a little music going with this. So hit us, hit us up, Jamie. All right, here we go. Ah, yes. The kind of music puts you in the mood to be roasted. All right, this is from uh, Cody in Georgia. This is going to be bad. All right, here we go. Mondays are, of course, the worst. Mm. Two white males... Quench the glory thirst. Is he assuming my ethnicity? Mm. Leave the singing to the worship team. Ouch. This podcast has run out of steam. Oh, I like this. Anti-Trinitarian modalist nuts. (laughs) Condemning us all while sitting on their butts. Mm. The bigotry spewed 
from episode three. My name is Eric. I hate LGBT. <laughs> you just did an impersonation of yourself as if he were. That's definitely how it was written. Okay. Not the sermon, indeed, I'd say. Not the friend of those who are gay. Oh, wow. So he is referencing an episode in which I shared a very raw and unfiltered thought. I thought this was a safe space, Jamie. Mm. Um, about the LGBT community, I love them. I, you know, I am uh, for their souls. Um, and so, yeah, we had a listener uh, who I think would call himself an ally uh, that uh, wrote this poem in response like, to that. Didn't like that. Yeah, so, yeah. For the record, Eric and I both love uh, LGBTQ plus people. We are for them. We're not against them. Um, but but there it's it gets dicey because we are pastors. Yeah, and we we have to we feel that we have to stick to what Scripture says. Yeah, how do you respond to that though? I was talking about this with someone the other day. Like, I'm not. I've given up on trying to convince someone that doesn't take my stance on homosexuality to to take my stance. Yeah, I'm not. They have just as good a chance of uh, convincing me to change my stance as I do them. Sure, right? Like they both are trying to view this from a biblical perspective, and I what I tell. Like people, because I have a close friend that we we have this conversation all the time. Um, you know, we're saying the same thing, like in yeah. in particular ways. Like I'm not con- necessarily condoning homosexuality, like he may be, but we're both saying, regardless, love him. Yeah, right. I, and and the thing is, is you ought to be able to defend something that you believe to be biblical without you know, someone thinking you're a hateful bigot. Right. I just right. don't, you know, and well, I'm not saying my friend has, has said this to me personally, but like there are a lot of people that would say that disagree with my stance, which is the traditional stance. Right. Um, that, that, you know, being homosexual is not God's intention for relationships. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, you get what I'm saying though. Like I'm not there. No, I don't think anyone there. Maybe there's a small group of people that are like genuinely hate gay people. Right. And by and large, people that hold the traditional stance are just trying to defend a traditional biblical point of view perspective. Yeah. Like I would anything else. Well, th- there, there's a difference between attacking an idea and attacking a person. Yeah. And this is what's getting lost in culture. So right this now. poem was an attack on a person, I think, though, based on an idea that we attacked. Yeah. We didn't attack anyone. Yeah. We didn't attack a person. We attacked a concept. Um, and, and now, and again, and this is because I've got friends, too, that I've talked to that lean more progressive and they would call themselves allies as well. And yeah. and they were like, yeah, I disagreed with you, you know, about that. But but they're like, but I get it. You know, and, and he's he's a little bit more uh, chill about it. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to reckon like it's OK to disagree on concepts. Disagreeing on a concept is not the same as hating a person. Mm-mm. Like we've we've got to get beyond that. And we've had for every person that we've had that has kind of pushed back against us in that way or attacked us personally, we have had been in contact with people, allies or people part of the LGBT community that have disagreed with us yeah. but appreciated the way that we've approached the topic. Right. I don't think we've ever had people we've had people sit in this church who were, you know, in the LGBT community, sit through sermons about yes. homosexuality and the trans community yes. and say, Hey, you know what? I disagree with you, but I really appreciate how you handled that topic. And I feel the presence of the Lord in this church, and I feel loved in this church, and I'm going to keep coming. Guys, there are people that go to our church that struggle with same-sex attraction. Yeah. And 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 they know that they're loved. They know that that doesn't diminish their worth or their value in our eyes. But at the same time, we can disagree on things um, and, and still, you know, uh, we're going to elevate the word. 
uh, we're going to interpret the word in the way that we see it, but that doesn't have to, well, then you hate these people or you hate me. That's not, that, that is a, that is a new concept that's going on right now in our culture. And that's not, uh, it's just, it's just not how we need to approach one another. Look, now, I, now your buddy who wrote the poem, I don't think he thinks that, no, right? no, I, don't, no. I don't want, if he's listening, I don't want him to think that we're against him. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I I think that's the deal. And I and I would understand, you know, if like seeing you in a short sleeve button down plaid shirt, mm-hmm. I think to myself, that's a good looking man. Yeah, that's yeah. a good looking man. I'm a sexy man of God. Um, and so I could see where where you know thoughts can become confused. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable with where this conversation's going right now. Yeah, and we don't have uh, our our man Falcon isn't here to uh yeah mediate. Right yeah, now. yeah. No, so his name is Phoenix. Someone called him that. Some, Falcon. Someone said, that, y'all need to let that dude Falcon talk more. And I was like, that that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, we Yeah. Phoenix, he does have some really good one-liners, uh, but I, I do end up cutting some of what he says sometimes. I just, I'm going to start calling him a different bird name every time I see him now. Yeah. Well, Cardinal, Eagle Man Sparrow. is, Eagle Man is uh, missing from today's podcast. Pour one out for our fallen homie. Oh, man. All right, so we are doing a segment now called <laughs> Eric. <laughs> I could not. You're totally going to edit that out. <laughs> uh, if, if he doesn't edit this out, guys, we just got a new soundboard that has the <laughs> button on it. So Jamie wasn't actually saying a curse word. Which is word. completely useless because if someone's actually saying a bad, <laughs> a bad word, how can you predict it? You know? Yeah, well, you can just make people sound like they're saying Words. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so <clears throat> Eric the child has the board in front of him, and so um, if he does that anymore, guys, it's so colorful too. <laughs> I can't help but push all the buttons. <laughs> That's what's going on. Uh, so, pester the pastor is when one of us asks a pestering question to each other to see what uh, they're thinking about and how they want to respond to this. So, yeah. I am pestering Eric today. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, man? I'm feeling a little anxious. You Jamie. should be I'm a little anxious. You should, well, I, I'm glad you just said you're feeling anxious because the question I have for you today is about mental health, anxiety, yes. depression, dealing with stress. Yeah. Um, what as as a pastor, what advice do you give um, people who are struggling in their mental health and? Do you, you know, what has been your experience when it comes to your mental health uh, and your faith? Well, my therapist says anxiety is like wrangling the dinosaur. (laughs) The dinosaur's got big, scary teeth, but he's just hungry. He just wants just, some meat. He just wants a little meat. And so every now and again, you got to throw a big old slab of emotional meat at the, the angry dinosaur and he feels better. Um, no, so I, I really I wanted to talk about this today because I feel like mental health, it's, it's talked about more than it was. Yeah. But there's still some hesitation within the church, Big yeah. C Church, about actually tackling mental health issues. Um, you know, one of the things, especially in charismatic churches, if you're unfamiliar with that tradition or if you're a part of it, this is good for you to hear, is there's still a lot of hev- hesitancy to get people to seek out professional help yeah. when they need to. Things like medication, things like therapy and, and seeing a counselor and stuff like that. People are still just a little bit like we talk to people all the time as pastors that will say, you know, I've been dealing with panic attacks and anxiety for mm-hmm. 18 months and I've prayed and prayed and I'm still dealing with it. It's helped a little or it hasn't helped at all. 
Um, and my first question is why, why haven't, like, why haven't you gone to see a therapist? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's an important question to ask yourself because you can find some immediate help when you go and talk to your doctor and stuff like that. And so I think the reality of emotional and mental health is that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's biblical. Yeah. It is actually, we see all throughout scripture, people that have struggled with various mental health issues. Yeah. You know, the first one that comes to mind is Elijah, Yeah, right? sure. He sure. goes and he, he he does this incredible feat for the Lord, you know, defeats the prophets of Baal, and then he wants to kill himself. Right. Because um, Jezebel's after because him. Because Jezebel's after him. He feels like he's the only one left. Um, and I'm like, how many of you can relate to that, man? How many of you feel like you're the only person that's going through what you're going right, through, right? right? Um, and it's funny that God doesn't say, you know, let me heal you. What does he tell him to do? He says, take a nap, get something to eat. Yeah, take a nap and get something to eat. And I'm going to send you someone to help you. So so food, rest, and community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's and that's a, a great sermon on spiritual health, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have people like David. We read it. We read David's depression yeah. in his Psalms. We yeah. read his anxiety in his Psalms. Um, and so, you know, mental health is, it shouldn't be something that is, you know, kind of brushed under the rug. And so, you know, and what I've seen, especially in charismatic circles more so, um, is people like to hold out on miraculous healing when it comes to stuff like mm-hmm. this. And I've totally seen God do those yeah, things, totally yeah. not knocking that. Um, but as someone who myself went through sort of a mental health crisis in my early 20s, um, the, I, you know, I, there were times where I was like waiting on, waiting on God for this miraculous healing, um, that just never really came. Now a prayer helped and, you yeah. know, Bible study helped and knowing the word helped. Um, but it wasn't until I actually went and talked to uh, my doctor, who's a believer. Mm-hmm. It was so funny how that ended up happening. Like I, I, he actually, our doc, my doctor attends this church and he was attending here before I even went here. Um, and he was the one that told me, you know, Eric, I'm going to pray with you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to prescribe you this really awesome medication called Wellbutrin that you're going to take once a day in the morning. <laughs> right. And it's going to make you feel better. Yeah. And in the meantime, while you're taking this, you need to do light cardio every day. Yeah. You need to make sure you're not eating garbage and you need to make sure you're sleeping well. Yeah. And so these are all things that no one ever told me. I went through all of the rigmarole of... Everyone was trying to cast it out. The, the, like I was... You know how many times I was asked, what sin do you need to confess? Uh, yeah, that's so bad. Like what... What secret sin? Where are you being disobedient? And, and at? don't you find? Because I preached on mental health, you preached on mental mental health before. Like, don't you find that Christians either err on one extreme? One is they completely ignore the spiritual aspect of stuff, and it's only natural, or they go full in into the supernatural stuff, and everything's a demon when it's not. Yeah. Like, and it's it's so it's so rare to me at least to find someone who tries to balance those two things together, and that's where I believe the truth is. Absolutely, like it it is a balance. Like we, I say this all the time when I'm when I'm talking to people. Um, you know, you're a spirit, a soul, and a body. Yeah. You know, now that's pretty rudimentary, but like, in, you know, how, that's how I approach this. Like, you're a spirit that needs spiritual food and spiritual care. You're uh, a soul, right? That's your your mind, will, and emotions. You need to do things that 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 give you rest and, and make give you peace. I mean, then your body, like right. don't eat Takis and drink a gallon of Mountain Dew before you go to bed and expect to feel perky in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Right? What's and, God trying to teach me through this? He's yeah, trying to he's teach you to, to eat better. Yeah, to not get stomach ulcers, you know? <laughs> like, and that's so much, and for me, guys, like, it really, you know, it got extreme. I was I was struggling with severe depression, panic attacks almost every day, intrusive thoughts, all the things that scare people and make them think they're going crazy. Um, and almost, I noticed within probably about a month 
of following a strict regimen of rest, self-care, yeah. um, and spiritual care, um, that I began to see results almost immediately yeah. to the point now where I'm like, holy cow, who was that person? Yeah. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, man, if I could have just slapped you around a little bit and told you to not wait a year and a half, mm-hmm. you know, because it's almost the, the time that you're waiting is time digging the hole. Yeah. Like you're getting deeper and deeper and the longer you wait, um, the more of a, uh, the more the of climb. a, yeah, the, yeah, more of a climb you have trying yeah. to get out. And so I spent a year and a half just taking life you know, as it came to me, not taking care of myself. And uh, I didn't really really feel a lot of support from the tradition that I was in at the time. And so I guess the point of this is I want you guys, if you're struggling with mental health, anxiety, depression, you know, uh, you know, intrusive thoughts, OCD, whatever it may be, uh, we've talked to people that, um, you know, are, may potentially have schizophrenia. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like, yeah, go to your pastor, talk to your pastor, let them know your concerns, but then also listen to them when they tell you to go and seek professional help. Right. Like, holy cow. That is like God works through prayer and medication. Right. right. And that's such a big no-no. Like, and, don't say that, Eric. And, and those are not diametrically opposed. No. Um, they, they're not inversely proportional. Um, you, you can use medicine and the Lord. I, I gave someone an illustration uh, not too long ago, they were they were struggling with something, and they were hesitant to take medicine for it because they were believing God to heal them. And I was like, "Look, faith without works is dead." Yeah. Like, so if you trust that God is going to heal you, do something natural and let God add His super to it, making it supernatural. But but to, to just sit there passively and expect God to do something without you doing something, I don't know that that's faith. I don't know that that's yeah. true faith. And and so like it's so say say you have something going on in your um, say for instance, let's just go there. Say there's a brain tumor and it's giving you a bad headache. Okay, and you're trusting God to heal the brain tumor. Okay, cool. But in the meantime, it's okay to take some Tylenol to get rid of the headache. Yeah. Uh, so you can pray better. So you can, you know, do stuff, um, go about your life more normally. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I think that, that's super important, man. And and if you're dealing with like a mental health struggle right now, like, dude, don't wait. Yeah. Don't wait any longer. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to someone uh, who is they have a PhD in nutritional psychology, but they were asking me like. Because I was talking to them and, and, you know, I was telling them about counseling appointments and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, what, what, you know, how come pastors think they're equipped to deal with severe mental health issues? And I was like, we don't. Yeah. Like, I, in fact, if anything, I think like, at least in, in my context, we act as triage. Yeah. You know, like I, I can't, I, I have very few long-term commitment counseling sessions. Yeah. Like, I, in fact, I tell people the most you'll probably get out of me is three sessions. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and then after that, if it, if we identify it's not a spiritual issue, um, I'm telling you my last session, I'm not going to see you again until you go and seek uh, you know, professional help through a yeah. therapist or a doctor. So. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, and, and I encourage people too, like, you know, look, um, your, your brain is a physical organ. Yeah. And a lot of anxiety, depression, a lot of this stuff is caused by a lack of serotonin. Right. By, by a lack of dopamine, norepinephrine. There are very real chemicals in your very real brain that can cause some of this stuff. Now, am I saying it's not? No, it can be spiritual, mm-hmm. but but don't ignore just because, and I think this is the reason people go spiritual first, not natural, is because they don't see it. 
Like if yeah. your arm is broken, you can see that, right? You can feel pain. But if your brain is broken, you don't feel pain. You don't see it. You feel depression. You feel depression. <laughs> exactly. And so they think, well, then that must be spiritual. Well, it certainly can be spiritual. And you do need to um, you know, talk to a pastor about that and, and look at that. But just because you can't see what's going on doesn't mean it's not seated in a physical organ called your brain, yeah. right? Look, if that pint of ice cream is not lasting you as long as it used to. If you get feelings of rage when you see a sock on the floor, it's time to get help. Look, Ben and Jerry is not the best counselor. (laughs) They are not the best out there. There are going to be some better ones for you. All right, listeners, we are introducing a new segment today. Ooh, you're our guinea pigs. We love new segments. In fact... I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. Playing with the board. board. Um, Anyways, uh, we're introducing a new (laughs) segment called, Oh My, Your Greek is Showing. Your Greek is Showing. (laughs) Me and Jamie were talking the other day about Greek words, and then uh, Jamie said like this Greek word, and I was like, oh, Jamie, your Greek is showing. (laughs) Um, And so we thought this would be a cool segment, and what we're going to do is uh, oftentimes... um, you know, uh, you have to understand that a majority of the New Testament was r- written in Greek and, and not just like normal Greek. It's Koine Greek, which is sort of a lost language. Yeah, no, um, it's, it, it is. It's Well, it's a dead language, and that means that it's not used in daily language anymore. It, it's not like you're not going to go to Greece it, and hear it's people an, It's an academic like language, yeah. Yeah, so it's an academic language. And what you'll find a lot of times is when you start like looking at a verse and then you pull up the Greek, like some Greek words that are present in that verse, you kind of realize that it kind of revolutionizes the entire meaning of that verse. Um, Now it's not like this magical key to unlocking the meaning to life, but you know, there's certain words that just kind of lose meaning when they're translated into English. Yeah. And so what Jamie's going to do here is he's going to pull up a verse, talk about it, and then uncover a Greek word that will revolutionize your understanding of this verse. And so kick it over to you, Jamie. Give us your show us your Greek. Okay. Well, hey, look, look, first of all, let me just give a disclaimer. I'm not a Greek scholar. Um, I, I have done a good bit of study regarding Greek words and tenses and pronunciations and things like that to help me uh, preach preach the word since it is written uh, in, in Koine Greek. But I just want to say for the record, I don't think I'm a Greek scholar. Um, and so you definitely don't look like a Greek scholar. <laughs> well, I think you look like an Irish scholar. Yeah. Well, you know, the green eyes and yeah, you, you, know, you would look like someone that knows a lot about Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> well, I, I know a fair amount, but I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, Boromir couldn't have been king because <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of those. <laughs> I'm glad because I wouldn't be doing a podcast with you. Actually, actually, guys. So All right, show me your Greek. The Greek word I wanted to share today was is the word pneuma. It's the word pneuma, and it's usually translated into the word spirit or mm. sometimes ghost. Yeah. Now, pneuma um, is that is, pneuma like pneumatology? It, it is, or pneumatic. It starts with a P, um, and so does my youngest son. He started with a P. The very first thing when he was born is he urinated, and um, and so. <laughs> His, this is Isaac? Yeah, his oh initials are IPN. PP boy. IPN. IPN, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, we thought, well, that's a good name for him. Well, good, I'll just call him PP boy now. Yeah, yeah, he'll love that. He'll love that all of you heard that story, too. 
Uh, but so so pneuma spelled P N E U M A. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, and again we we get pneumatic. We get it's it's been carried over into our language, transliterated into English. Um, and so he, here's the deal. Uh, pneuma is translated spirit. It is translated uh, both the spirit of a person. It's also translated uh, the spirit of God, like Holy Spirit. And if you've got like a King James Bible, you're going to see it translated Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And if you grew up maybe in the Pentecostal faith or, or maybe Methodist and you sang uh, the doxology, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I just heard, I was just freaked out because they were talking about some ghost coming. Well, and that's the thing is, is ghost for our cultural context today, ghosts aren't looked favorably upon, uh, favorably upon. It's like, you know, Casper the Friendly Ghost, but then, no. you know, horror movies have taught us that ghosts haunt you and hurt you and, and it's a scary thing. And so a lot of people have been turned off by the Holy Spirit because he's been called the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So what does Numa mean? So Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost is the word for holy in Greek, and then it's the word Numa. So what does pneuma mean? Well, interestingly, and, and by the way, I'm using what's called a concordance or a lexicon to define these words and to see how many times they're used. So for instance, like pneuma in the New Testament is used like 368 times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a good bit of the time, it's, it's used to refer to the Holy Spirit. Um, and interestingly... Um, a lot of times there's not an article before like the or the before Holy Spirit. And so you could just as easily say the Lord sent Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. be with Christians. Yeah. People like that talk about, I, I just am stuck saying the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I know people that say, so uh, Holy Spirit came. Right. And it, like, it's not weird, but it kind of is. It's like, so Holy Spirit was just here yesterday. Is it kind of like Daddy God? Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. A little well, bit. but see, I like it because it's personal. Because here's the thing. What drives me crazy when people start talking about the Holy Spirit is they, they'll say, yeah, the Holy Spirit really moved. It was awesome. Like, it it really moved. And I'm like... He's a person, like he's the third person of the Trinity. Now, he's not a human. I'm not saying he's a human, mm-hmm. but but there's Father, there's Son, and there's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God, just like Jesus is God, just like the Father is God. Modalism, beta. Modalism. Uh, uh. Um, and so, so yeah, it's—so it's, it's uh, so I, I don't like it when people use it as a modifier, as a pronoun yeah. for, for the Holy Spirit. It's kind of a hard habit to break, though, because it's just like— um, you know, I want them to know Holy Spirit. I want them to know Papa. Papa. Papa, come here, Papa. Well, it'd be like if I said, yeah, Eric was there and uh, it really did a good job talking. Uh, that's it, my, like, those are my pronouns. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, we don't, like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down that it, road. Zazim. Zazim. Um, and so <laughs> we're going to get another poem written about us <laughs> if you don't, if you're not careful. Um, I'm not laughing at them. I'm laughing with them. I'm laughing at me laughing at them. <laughs> so, so all right. So here's I'm sorry, what, Zim. Zim. Here's what pneuma means. Okay. It literally means a moving current of air. Whoa. It it, it can be translated wind. It can. <laughs> Are you telling me that it means wind? I can't believe I gave you permission. <laughs> Just sit in front of the board. This is going to turn into one of those corny radio shows where it's like, you're listening to 99.1 The Wolf. We actually... Oh, gosh. We actually have one of those, too. Oh, man. Let's go! 
Say Numa. Say Numa. <laughs> Numa. All right, I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I don't know if we can keep doing this segment. Hey, you um, know how our listeners feel right now? Crickets. Crickets, baby. Nice, nice. Dude, how much time did you spend learning the... <laughs> I'm literally looking at the titles as oh, we're you're going down. Them. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So anyway... Numa means a moving current of air, so it can be wind, mm-hmm. and it's used as wind in yeah. scripture. Or if it's related to a person, it's breath. Okay. And but but when the translators were translating this word into English, like holy breath or holy wind doesn't sound very personable. Kind of so sounds said, stinky a little bit. So they said spirit, or they said ghost, and so that's why we have spirit. But yeah, I just thought you guys would want to know that spirit, it's a person. Mm-hmm. Right? Or he's a person. See, I just broke my own rule where I used it instead of he. Um, and it, it's it's literally, this word is literally uh, a moving current of air. And that's why in John 3, Jesus talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. Yeah. And like you can't see it. You don't know where it's coming from, when it comes and when it goes. In the same way, the Holy Spirit, you can't see him. You don't always know which direction he's going in, but you have to pay attention. Well, look, so. in the King James Version in John 3, it says that the Holy the Holy Ghost, go where it listeth, whatever that means. Go where it listeth. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, funny words. Kids, enjoy the King James. Numa. Numa. That was a good Greek word, man. I feel I feel revolutionized. Yeah. So there's there's or there's our word. Our I'm first gonna, word. I'm numa. gonna start using that. I'm just, so come Numa. Papa Numa. Papa Numa. So I was talking with Numa. Numa led me here. <laughs> that sounds like Scientology. Numa led me here. Oh and man. Numalytics. Numalytics. Yeah, man. We're gonna get that Numa going today. Yeah, lighten that Numa. While Numa was really noodling today. Man. Hey, Sermonauts, this is Jamie. Hey, would you take a moment and subscribe to the podcast? When you subscribe to us, it lets your platform know that we're gaining in popularity and it will suggest our podcast to other listeners. Thanks, guys. Hey. Oh, here we go. Go into the next segment. Go into the next segment. We don't need no stinger because we go into the next segment. Yeah, go into the next segment. What we're talking about. <laughs> Hit it, Jamie. <laughs> Ow! That is a fancy button, dude. Dude. Hold on. <laughs> Come on, listeners. Get a little praise break. Ain't he good? Praise break. You know you should. You Get him a praise break. break. Ow! Oh man, I'm really regretting this I, board. I don't regret a thing. That's the stinger. Forget the doom 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 doom. Even though, shout out civilized creature. Um, so we are getting into our final segment, and this actually, uh, we got this article. Uh, I've seen it, and actually, some people sent it to me, and they're like, "Dude, talk about this." Um, so we change it up. So this is the title, Jamie. Okay. And I'm gonna like I'm kind of learning about this. I've seen the title in a couple of places the past few days. I've seen a couple memes already. That's how you know it's true. Um, <laughs> I want to get your uh, your your thoughts on this. So Colorado okay. pastor accused of pocketing 1.3 million in crypto oh, scheme dude. says. Hold on. Says Lord told us to. So I think yeah. here's my thoughts. I think they listened to my the podcast we did where the Lord told me to buy a lottery ticket, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I think the God's telling me to launder 1.3 million in crypto. You gave him. You gave him permission. Jeez, I'm a. I'm just 
going to read just a few lines here. It says, a Colorado-based pastor for an online church. So they must not have like a physical location. Yeah, yeah. Accused of pocketing $1.3 million through cryptocurrency fraud scheme, told followers in a video statement that the Lord told him to do it. Eli Regalado and his wife marketed their cryptocurrency index coin to Christian communities in Denver, saying God told them, told him people would become wealthy if they invested. And uh, basically, um, so they raised, index coin raised nearly $3.2 million that the, the securities division said. At least 1.3 of that went directly to Regalados or was used for their own personal benefit. Mm-hmm. So this dude convinced the Christians of Denver, because I'm sure this, he's probably popular there. You know, I mean, yeah. online church, Denver, it's a hip community. Hey, I'm, I'm creating this crypto called Index Coin. Um, God told me to tell you mm-hmm. that if you invested in this, you would get rich. And he of the th- he raised three point two million. That's incredible, which is nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's like you can we can pe- churches can barely raise a million to get a new building. Right. This guy's raising this for crypto. Right. And then uh, apparently spends one point three of it just on him and his wife. So just last night, I saw a video that one of the Christian meme pages. Had of him talking about us. No, no, I don't remember who it was. It was one of the one of the main ones though. And um, I I was listening to it and I turned to Tiff. I was like, "How can we make money off of this?" (laughs) Crazy, yeah. Oh my gosh. And 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 I what she and I immediately noticed. And of course, this was a spliced video. It was an edited video, but it was him talking about it. And it was funny. He was like, "You know, the charge is that of the three point two million we raised, we took one point three, and we did." Yeah. And we upgraded our house and he they like, you know, they they did did stuff Do like that. Do you have the meme? No, I don't I don't I was know where we could play it. Yeah, New soundboard know. we could play it through. We thing. could, but I don't yeah, I don't know how dude, that is nuts. That is like next gen. I mean full on full on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin type stuff. Like, hey, I've got some oil. If you rub it on your bunions, the bunions will go away. Well, and th- this is so to me, I don't, as a pastor, I have a conviction that I will never try to sell someone anything. Yeah. Uh, just because it's of my position. Easy. Right, it's right. Too it's easy. too easy to leverage my position as pastor because, look, I'm so blessed that there are people who want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. And they want to know what I think about things. And so I never want to leverage that for my own personal gain and say, hey, I'm selling this now and I would like for you to invest in it. And I think the Lord, especially when you pull, you play the the God card yeah. and you just tell people what God told me, which is yeah. my, that was the biggest thing from the video that just rubbed me the wrong way. So can I say something real quick? Yes. Can you not judge me? Maybe. Okay. You're listening to Not The Sermon, brought to you by Sermon Coin. If you want to get rich quick, Jamie and Eric are telling you now to to take out a second mortgage, dump your 401k. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Sell your dog if you have to, and invest in the new coin brought to you by Not The Sermon called Sermon Coin. Guaranteed a thousand-fold return. And if you invest now, we'll send you a free packet of anointing oil that was poured over Jamie's Toes. toes. Yes. I knew you were going to go with toes there. <laughs> that's oh good. that's my, my favorite button. <laughs> yeah. Backed, it's not backed by anything other than our faith. But yeah. It's basically what crypto is. <laughs> so here's, here's the lesson, listener. Please do me a favor. Does God still speak to people? Yes, he does. Yeah. My sheep hear my voice. It's not my sheep read my words. Mm-hmm. It's my sheep hear my voice. So the Bible itself says that God will talk to you. The Holy Spirit will communicate with your spirit, but yeah. you've got to be so careful. 
and humble. And I say things like, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, right? Yeah. And and you never leverage. If someone says, listener, never make a financial decision off of someone else's word for you. No, dude. That's like, what are the three rules? Like babies, brides, and... Bunny boutiques, boutiques. I don't know. There's like some rule about prophecies. Like never listen to someone when they tell you who to marry, you know, or where to put your money and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's so so. Please, will God speak to you? Yes, but like, hey, God told me, and and the way that the, this guy so casually threw around that phrase, God told God me, told me too. It was gross. Yeah, it was almost. It like, was grieving. It'd be the same thing. Like if someone said, like God told you to buy a lottery ticket, right? And right. you won fifteen dollars. Right. It. I mean, and that come person, on, guys. that person would be a false prophet. I know this is ridiculous. How dare? <laughs> so so for real. That. So show some humility. God does speak, but show some humility. And 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 certainly, guys, we don't move off of someone else's personal prophecy. A prophecy should confirm what the Lord is already telling you, not yeah. give you new information. Now, we do know people that have, like, the Lord has told them to make an investment, yes. like them personally, yes. and they've done it, and yes. they benefit from it. Like, they're, they, they asked God, like, they submitted their finances to the Lord, Lord, what should I do? And they benefited off of it greatly. Right. Now, these people are givers, they're generous, they yes. love the Lord. But like when when someone gets on TV and says invest in my crypto and God told me and God told me to launder your it's money It's not fair. It's not fair to play the God card because like I've had people come come to me and say hey God told me X Y and Z about your church and I'm like well why didn't he tell me? Yeah. Because I mean, you know, why didn't he tell our leadership? Why is he telling only you? Yeah. And so I, it's not that God doesn't speak, he does, but we just have to be really careful and really humble about yeah. about telling others what he's saying. Yeah. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the episode today. Um, when you're listening to this, if you're listening on Monday when it's coming out, uh, Eric and I are traveling today. We are going to India. We, we said this if, earlier. If you're listening on a Monday, I am cramped in between two smelly people <laughs> over uh, over the Indian Ocean right now. Yep. Um, wishing that I were anywhere else. That's right. That's right. So, um, hey, if you take a moment and pray for us, um, we're going to be there for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to really keep releasing episodes. Uh, we've got a bank of episodes that we can still release. We're going to try to record an episode while we're there. Yeah, we're going to give that a shot. Yeah, yeah we've got like some. Uh, Jamie's going to smuggle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we have a little recording device. We're going to bring over there and try to get you guys a, an India episode. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, but we're going to be speaking to it's probably um, going to be recorded from a bathroom. I'm sure. <laughs> we're going to be uh, speaking to Christians over there, strengthening the church, encouraging pastors, teaching in a Bible school. It's all really hush hush. Um, Except and for now, so since we you all know about well, it. Well, but we're not telling you where we're going or anything like that. So. Did we say India? We meant Shmendia. <laughs> we meant Bangladesh? Yeah. Bang, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, we would love for you guys to pray for us um, while we're gone. We're excited. We're not worried. We know the Lord is with us. Um, and uh, we looking forward to uh, coming back and having some great ministry stories and probably some great uh, fail stories as oh, well. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm really excited for my commentary on this trip. Yeah, I am too. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, Eric and I have never traveled out of the country. Whenever I travel out of the country, I never travel alone. 
but this is the first time that Eric and I will have traveled out of the country together. So I am looking I'm forward. Excited. This is going to be a bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, or we're going to be we're going to tear each other apart. Said, we might hate each other after this. Ways after this. We might. It's um, very likely. Yeah. Can I do one more commercial? <sighs> yeah, I guess. So. All right, here we go. You ready? You ready, people? Here we go. And <laughs> are you struggling with that pesky sin? <laughs> Does it seem like day after day, your eye offends you? Maybe your hand offends you? Well, now, brought to you by Not The Sermon, we have the Magic Sin Eraser. Gone are the days of chopping off the hand that offends you. Plucking out your eye? Well, you only have two. Now, Not The Sermon has created new Magic Sin Erasers. Watch something you're not supposed to? Spend your whole paycheck on gambling. We'll just take out the magic sin eraser and rub your eyeballs. Scrub your wallet. And then repent, you sinner. Brought to you by Not The Sermon. Dude, you're too good at that. <laughs> that, oh. one, that one's been in the bank for like since episode one when we were talking about doing stupid products. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. It really means a lot. All joking aside... Uh, it just means a lot that you guys are listening. We we hope that you guys are getting a lot out of this. Not only just some tomfoolery and some shenanigans, but also some maybe some good theology and, and some good conversations about our faith. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to <laughs> the sermon. <laughs> we didn't say a cuss word, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com.